Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Connect with Carrie through her candid, funny, informative, and always encouraging weekly blog. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. It is not every day you get a chance to have an in-depth conversation with someone as extraordinary as my guest today, Colonel Angela Ochoa, the 19th Airlift Wing Commander at Little Rock Air Force Base. For the first time in the history of the base, the highest position of command belongs to a woman. Colonel Ochoa says her dreams are coming true with her new role, but that doesn't change anything for her. Entering the Air Force in 2001, after graduating from the U.S. Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, Colorado, Ochoa became a command pilot, having now flown more than 2,800 hours in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Resolute Support, Operation Freedom Centennial. For over two decades, Angela has served her country, seen the world, tested her sensibilities, and honed her skills. It is my pleasure to welcome to the table the creative, intelligent, and extraordinary woman, mother, and wife, Colonel Angela Ochoa. Thank you. Well, thank you. You are very busy. I just want to tell our listeners that it took me months to get you on the radio because you are so busy and that you have a very limited time, so we're going to jump right into it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, It wasn't until I read your bio that I realized that you're not a general, you are a colonel, and for us layperson, please explain the differences. Well, as a colonel, that is a a rank that I hold right now, and uh, and it's really... um, Simply, I'm, I'm a colonel in the Air Force. I'm not a general. Um, that is something that the Air Force and all of our military services um, have different rank structures. And that is a, a general is a generalist, and they are the most uh, most tiered uh, leaders in our military service. Is that a goal for you? You know, my goal right now is to be the best leader I can be for the men and women at Little Rock Air Force Base. Uh, before we talk about training and joining the service in the Air Force Base, let's talk about the beginning of your life, a life yes. that set you on this path. Have you always known you wanted to fly? No, ma'am. Not at all. Um, I know it sounds a little crazy, but uh, I didn't even know that the Air Force existed when I started. Um, when I was a little girl, I grew up, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I loved math. I loved science, specifically biology. And I thought, okay, well, we'll, we'll see where this goes. Um, there was a neighbor that was an air liaison officer for the United States Air Force Academy, and he lived across the street from me. And he was working on his roof one day and called down from the roof as my mom and I were getting in the car and said, hey, Angela, why don't you come on over to my house, and I'll sit down and tell you about the Air Force Academy. And I remember looking at my mom, and I told her, I don't know what the Air Force Academy is, but I don't want anything to do with it. Let's just get in the car and go. And she looked at me and she said, that's fine, but you're going to go over to his house and you're going to sit down and have a conversation and, and uh, we'll see where this goes. So begrudgingly, I went over to his house and sat down in his office and he told me about the Air Force Academy. And uh, I still wasn't convinced at that point in time, but convinced enough that I signed up and was accepted into a program out at the Air Force Academy called the Summer Scientific Seminar. And I went out there and quite literally just fell in love with the Air Force, with the people that I met, and knew that it was a team that I wanted to be a part of. How old are you? 
right now? They, no, right there. Then uh-huh. I was 16 years old. And when I went out there and fell in love with the Air Force, I still really didn't quite grasp what it was that they did. This was prior to 9-11. Uh, the Air Force existed, but it wasn't quite um, big in, uh, in my life or really in my community. So went out there, decided I wanted to apply. I wanted to somehow be involved, but quite frankly, it was a, a way to get an education, a way to help me get my college degree and move on and figure out what I wanted to do in life. And I was lucky enough to be accepted to the Air Force Academy, went out there, studied biology, still didn't know anything about flying, and uh, didn't quite know what I was going to do in the Air Force, but showed up. Um, and it was my junior year at the Air Force Academy, so I was probably 20, 21 at the time, that General Mark Welsh, he uh, was the Commandant of Cadets at the time, and he is now General Retired Mark Welsh, former Chief of Staff of the Air Force. He gave a speech to a presentation, beautiful speech to all the cadets, and I remember sitting in there listening to him talk about his experiences as, as a pilot, as a leader, as a combat warrior, and I remember walking out of there at night and thinking to myself, hmm, maybe that's what I want to do. Maybe I'll try that pilot thing. And that's where it started. But I didn't know what I was going to do. There's lots of different careers that you can have in the Air Force. I did not realize that uh, that was going to be where I landed. I see. Yes. And uh, how many people, I think people always think you're going to go into active duty when you join the service. But when you just said how there's a lot of different careers, do you know what percentage of people in the, mili- in the military of all of of all branches actually ever end up in active duty? I don't know that. Is it large or small, would you say? Um, I would probably say it's not as big as we think it is, um, especially these days. Um, It is an all-volunteer force, um, that one that you have to choose. Um, You have to choose to serve. So I guess that I don't have to ask if if you come from a military family. So what did your parents do that made you so, uh, I don't know, um, uh, ambitious? Well, you know, my parents, they raised me and my brothers. I have three younger brothers um, with an attitude um, focused on faith and service. And, uh, you know, we, they raised us saying that it does, really doesn't matter what you do. As long as you do it, um, do it in love of others, uh, love for God, and in service to humanity. And that's, that's kind of what led me to this is I saw that I saw this as a, a way to live out my calling um, and to live out the way that my parents raised me. And it also leads you to the career you need to have if you're serving other. You will always end up where you're supposed to be if you do that. I think when you focus too much on yourself and where you're going to be and what you're going to do, you just end up fighting all the time to figure it out. You're kind of your own worst enemy or something. I agree. Um, after you graduated from the academy, what did you do first? Where were you sent? So uh, graduated from the Air Force Academy in 2001. Is that uh, considered a master's degree when you come out, or is that just a regular Bachelor's degree. Bachelor's degree, okay. Yes, ma'am. Got a bachelor's degree in biological sciences. And uh, I, at, the, at first, I was waiting for my pilot slot to open up. My husband and I, we got married in July of 2001. I met him at the Air Force Academy. And I'm convinced that we would not have met had I not gone there. So um, I don't know how our lives would have crossed otherwise. So, um, But we, we graduated there, and he ended up staying on and, uh, and taught at the Air Force Academy. And I ended up working in the medical group. Um, that was just a temporary assignment for both of us until we could go off to pilot training, and uh, which is about a two-year journey to, to get to an operational aircraft. But uh, So he worked 
uh, for the Department of Math Mathematics there, and uh, and then I worked in the hospital. Um, while we were there, the um, that's when 9-11 happened, and OEF kicked off, and I ended up running uh, exercises and training for the medical group, uh, and it was a really interesting experience because that entire medical group deployed, and so we were, uh, everybody that was left behind had to kind of pick up and run with things. But you're not a trained nurse. Oh, no. You just taught procedures on how to do a an IV or... Oh, no. No, no. not that. I, I did help with some um, some CPR classes, and I helped track a lot of training. So some admin work was really what I was helping out with. So talk about your husband. Uh, he was a pilot. Yes. Um, he had a pretty bad health scare in 2014. Yes. yes. Which changed your life forever. It did. Does he still teach? It did. Um, no, he does not. Um, other than, I think, parenting is a lifelong journey in teaching. So... Uh, he teaches every day when, when it comes to our kids. So he's become uh, the house husband? He is. He is my right-hand man. Um, but actually, our, our change in life happened uh, even prior to 2014. So in 2009, we were both serving, and he suffered from a heart attack at the age of 30. And um, that is actually what led to him leaving military service. Um, at the time, it, his condition um, and what was what his status was, he, need, he needed to leave, and they medically discharged him. Um, it was a blessing in disguise, though, for us because shortly after his he was medically separated, our daughter came along, and uh, and it was wonderful. So he was able to focus on her and focus on our kids, stay at home, and and help raise them, which was just a treat and a joy. And he loved every, he loves every moment at it. He loves oh, being able to little be girls love their dad. Yes, and uh, I think this too. is funny. I read where you said there's not much difference being a female pilot unless you have a baby. Just a small difference there. <laughs> just got to get off the flight line and go nurse yeah. for a minute, and I'll be right back. Yeah. Or just do it right there. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So my yeah. health. That's that's wonderful. This is a great place to take a break. It, it's pretty fascinating. You could. I don't know this, but you with your training could probably kill me with your little finger. But you get up there in these big buses, these C one thirties. You fly across the world. You come back. Make a baby. Feed a baby, go back out. I mean, it's like, it's like this huge. Two different worlds. It's like this huge two different worlds. I kind of want to sing the Helen Reddy song. I am woman, hear me roar. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to, it's a great place to take a break. When we come back, we will continue our conversation with the glass ceiling shatterer, Colonel Angela Ochoa, the highest commander at the Little Rock Air Force Base. Still to come. Training. Harnessing Your Fear, Missions the Colonel Has Flown On, and Little Rock Air Force Base Strengths, Weaknesses, and What is Herc Nation? We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagAndBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the Internet, and rebranded her company as simply flagandbanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016, branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years. And, more recently, opened a satellite office in Miami, Florida. Telling American-made stories. Selling American-made flags. TheFlagandBanner.com 
You know, all previous Up In Your Business shows are available as podcasts and on YouTube. And last week's show was especially heartwarming as we head into a brand new year. It featured many guests who'd appeared on the program in the past 18 months or so who weren't from the Little Rock area, but once they got here, they fell in love with it. Listen to it. It's available as a podcast. Here's some samples. Chris Olson. So how did you end up in Little Rock, Arkansas? Um, Well, coming from Connecticut, I moved just a few times. So we moved to Atlanta, Georgia for a year and a half. And then from there, we moved to Little Rock. And we lived in Little Rock for about three and a half years. And then we moved to San Diego. Good night, nurse. <laughs> we kept going west. Why did your daddy, was it all for careers? Uh, he, every time he moved, he got a better, better job. Sophia Saeed. And so you move here. Yeah. And uh, how to, tell us a little bit about that. So I actually wanted to pursue my PhD after my bachelor's. And um, it was, initially it was a bummer for me that, oh, we're moving to Little Rock and there is not a place where I can do my PhD. But did then, y'all hear she said bummer? Okay, I just want to know that. Okay, go ahead. So, She's very American. All right, but then when I did my research on Little Rock, I found Clinton School of Public Service, which is essentially um, going to teach me the same things, or at least the work I'll do after that would be same. So I was actually pretty excited that we will see American South. Longtime restaurateur Louis Petit. I was so happily surprised, to be honest with you. First, the way we were greeted by the, just to tell you, the, an example, I don't know what Jack is doing on top of the building. Yeah. When we arrived, the kitchen was not functioning. We were putting the rug on the floor, hanging the chandelier and everything. So we would go every lunch to the group of all the Europeans. We were about 15 people, I think, all together. We would go to the Minutemen downstairs. It was a burger place to have lunch. And we would sit down at a big table and the public would come to us and say, welcome to our city with a, oh my God. Because just hearing us speaking French and laughing and, you know, and having, everything was new to us. And they, they were so nice to, to us. I mean, the little girl behind the, the counter taking our order. I mean, and, and, and the public coming to us and say, welcome to Arkansas. Now back to this week's Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Colonel Angela Ochoa, the highest commander at the Little Rock Air Force Base and history maker as being first woman to hold that position. Before the break, we talked about uh, Angela's life as a student, how she ended up in the Air Force, meeting her husband. Now we're going to talk about some of her missions. You have flown in more than 2,800 hours in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, Operation Iraqi Freedom, Operation Resolute Support, Operation Freedom Centennial. Did you see combat? I did. What was your mission? Did you fly those big planes, C-130s in, or what did you do? Yes, um, I love the Herc. It's been uh, not the only aircraft I've flown, but primarily the only aircraft I've flown, um, and I love it. It's a great mission. Uh, we, we are very versatile, and uh, yes, all of my combat experience was in the C-130. Tell everybody what Herc means. What Herc means? Well, what Herc Nation is Herc Nation. So uh, it's a term I didn't make it up. I'm not going to. I'm not going to claim credit for that. Um, some of my predecessors did uh, come up with the concept of it, but really, it's it's a mindset. It's a mindset that we all work together. Um, you give us a, a problem, we'll find the solution. Um, that's the Herc mindset, and uh, and and we're really proud of it. But Herc Nation is a group of people that come together to get those C-130s out there at Little Rock Air Force Base up in the air. 
and we're all dedicated to that mission. It's a Lockheed Martin C-130 named Hercules. Yes. And so they come out with Herc. That's right. And so Herc is a mindset of all those things you just said. I think so. And for the people that can't see your face, when you said them, you said it with very... Glowing. She did. Very very resolute Mm -hmm. in the way she said that. Um, So... Did you you flew into uh, I guess hostile territory and dropped packages, dropped people? Did yes. we've all... done a little bit of everything. Um, so I've but for this mission was it was it for was it for uh, uh, people to jump out of your plane to drop packages? So I've been deployed five times and uh, and they've all been in support of many different things. Um, been in Afghanistan, been in Iraq, been in lots of different countries um, in support of different missions, combat uh, and combat support. Um, Most of them have been air land missions, meaning we take off from one location and we fly to another location and land. Um, I have done some combat airdrop missions as well, where we've delivered um, bullets, food, water, um, humanitarian missions. Uh, So there is a full spectrum of uh, operations that can happen um, in any in any conflict, and uh, and I'm proud to say that I've been a part of all of them. Um, how did your training help you? I would have been, my teeth would have been chattering. So that's the beauty of it. Um, in my mind, we we train for this, and there is nothing more gratifying than going out the door knowing that you are fully qualified, fully trained, and you're surrounded by people that are fully qualified and fully trained, and we know how to get it done, and it's the training that gets us there. That's why we fly the planes every day. Um, that's why we keep flying those planes every day, because at the end of the day, I want to make sure that we're sending out our crews on their missions with full confidence in their abilities to get whatever it is done that our nation asks of us. So you fly every day? I personally yeah, do but, not fly. But your, air ba- your, your base has someone flying every day, keeps continuing training every day. We, we support operations globally every single day. Do you? Oh, wow. Yeah. Not just flying around Little Rock then. We don't just fly around Little Rock. Well, so you, every day you're going out on a mission somewhere. We have, we have crews all over right now. Oh, yeah. You still think about that right here. Right. Uh, so um, it, it, when you said you land, I mean, how do you land those planes in anywhere else? I mean, don't you have to have a special runway to land a plane like that? Yes and no. Um, and that's the beauty of the Herc is that uh, we can land on very short strips, very narrow strips, really? on dirt strips, and uh, those are the fun ones too. Uh, being oh, able to go to unapproved right. landing uh, zones and and landing in a three thousand foot strip in the middle of nowhere—that's fun. It tests your skills, I guess. It does. It challenges you, pushes you. All right, next one. We stayed a little long on that one. That's Operation okay. Iraqi Freedom. Where was it? When was it? And what was its mission? So uh, deployed twice there, and um, Iraqi Freedom, you know, one of my favorite memories from there, many missions over there, but one of my favorite memories was taking off out of Baghdad with about 60 Army guys, two pallets on Christmas Eve. We had lights strung up in the back of the plane. We handed candy canes out, and I'll never forget it because when we took off, there was this uproar of cheer that happened that came. I was in the front, they're in the back, and it just came up to the front. And I had headphones on, the, the engines are running, but I could hear their cheers over it because they were going home. 
And that's one of my most memorable missions from Iraq. That's it was a just nice so neat. One. It was good. Um, Operation Resolute Support. What right. year, where, mission, and your takeaway from it? Yeah, so Resolute Support and Freedom Sentinel, those were missions that we that I actually just supported on my last um, combat deployment. That was um, when I was a commander um, in Afghanistan, and it was obviously prior to the drawdown of Afghanistan, but we were starting to prepare for that. Um, definitely combat missions were going on. It was different in the sense that I was the commander of that unit at the time, so a lot more responsibility. Is that the recent drawdown? Yes. The one that just happened two months ago? I was ago? not in that. It, I, my deployment was back in 2017. Oh, so they've been, doing, they've been doing this Operation Resolute support, support for a while. For a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so um, very rewarding experience to be able to take uh, take my own unit and deploy with my unit and then bring them home. Um, that, was, that was just a phenomenal experience. What do you mean take your unit? So I was a commander of the 61st Airlift Squadron at the little, at Little Rock Air Force Base. Uh-huh. Uh, we prepared for, for that deployment together as a team. We went out, we deployed and employed as a team. Um, How long were you out? Mission done. Uh, about four months. And then came and Were you in Baghdad? I mean, we're in Afghanistan? We were in Afghanistan. You were there? Yes. With your babies? Oh, my, my children were not there, no ma'am. With your husband at home with your babies? My husband was at home. And yeah, I'm glad he had his episode. My mom came as well. Oh, so, good. Yeah, my mom had, so my husband had um, had some other challenges, and so he needed some support too. My mom came down and um, between my mom and my husband and the whole village that it takes to keep my family afloat, mm-hmm. um, they made sure they, they got through it. So, yeah. That's good. Uh, Operation Freedom Centennial. What year, where, mission? Same thing, same time as when we were out there in Afghanistan. What do you mean? So, th- so sometimes uh, uh, when you're out in the in a specific area, you can be supporting multiple operations. So we were supporting two different operations out and, there. Oh, what was that yeah. one supporting? What were you doing for the, those people? So same type of mission, just a different focus. Um, so we were in Afghanistan, and we were doing combat operations out there in Afghanistan. I don't know if you're allowed to have an opinion, but I'm asking if you don't want to answer. You don't have to. Do you think we did the right thing with the way we pulled out of Afghanistan? Or could there have been another way? You know, I trust that our leaders made the very best decisions with the information that they had. Well, that brings me to another question. I've inter- How many presidents have you served under? Oh, good question. I have to think about that one and count them up because um, I commissioned in 2001. So, so Clinton was out. One, two, three, four. 2001 is Bush. So Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden? Yes, four. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Four. Mm-hmm. So I've I've had I've actually interviewed some other military people, and so I've asked them this question before: uh, How do you serve when you might not agree with the war, the mission, or even like the commander in chief at the time? That's the part that would always get to me. When your career, yeah, it's a great question. So I, at the end of the day, I took an oath, and the oath is to the Constitution. It's not to the president; it's to the Constitution of the United States. And so at the end of the day, um, I, if, I'm, if I'm challenged or I'm struggling with something, then I just refer back to my oath. And that's what keeps me, uh, keeps me focused and on purpose because um, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States. That's what, I'm, that's what I took my oath to. Through research, it has been found that one's memory is really enhanced when one's adrenaline is pumping. And hence, traumatic experiences are really hard to get rid of and create PTSD and stuff like that. And I'm sure your adrenaline gland has been wide open a lot (laughs) when you're flying. Is there anything, especially that sticks out in your memory, which I already know what it is. It was the Baghdad on Christmas Eve. You've already told me. 
Uh, but is there anything that you are uh, you wish you could have done different? Oh, there's a lot of things I, I wish I could have done differently. You know, I uh, we were just talking about this the other day in the office. I I honestly can't think of a single day in my life where I've done everything right. I fail all the time. I do. I uh, and I I think if somebody were to tell me that they're perfect and they've never failed or they don't make mistakes, then I don't know that I could trust that person because we all make mistakes. It's just part of being a human being. And uh, you know what? My daughter, she she actually said this to me one day. She was quite young at the time, which kind of surprised me. But she said, you know, Mom, if we are not making mistakes, then we probably aren't pushing ourselves. We're probably not learning. I said, yes, yes, you keep that mindset because that's what's going to help you get better and make yourself a better human being every single day of your life. So, and learn about forgiving yourself. Absolutely. Which is paralyzing if you can't learn to forgive yourself. Absolutely. All right. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Colonel Angela Ochoa, the highest commander at the Little Rock Air Force Base. Still to come, Little Rock Air Force Base's strengths, weaknesses, and how and why should someone join the military? What you could get out of it if you joined. More to come after the break. We've got great news from the Dreamland Ballroom. Dancing into Dreamland is back for the 11th year. That's right, 11th Annual Dancing into Dreamland happens on February 12th, 2022. They're changing up the formula a bit with a Valentine's Gala right there in the Dreamland Ballroom. Don't worry, all the things you love about the long-standing fundraiser are still in the mix. A real night of revelry in the centenarian structure, culminating around a friendly dance competition. Food, drink, a silent auction. Attendees will have the pleasure of viewing several spectacular dances, and varying genres will fill the night. You'll be able to vote for your favorites via text. It's a very fun evening. Dancing into Dreamland. And not the least important thing is it's a terrific fundraiser for this extraordinary historic venue. A panel of celebrity judges will pick their favorite act, and they'll be awarded a special cash prize. Dancing into Dreamland is back, February 2022. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Colonel Angela Ochoa, the highest commander at the Little Rock Air Force Base and history maker as being first woman to hold that position. Before the break, we talked about Angela's life as a young woman going to college, joining the Air Force, learning to fly missions. She's flown on four or five missions. We even talked about... um, her favorites, her favorite mission. So if you didn't miss that, you should go back and listen. And now we're going to talk about her position at the Little Rock Air Force Base. In accepting your new position at the 19th Airlift Wing, commander at Little Rock Air Force Base, you have moved to Jacksonville, Arkansas, home of Herc Nation for the Hercules. What is the weight of the C-130 with cargo and without? Because I just see those big things up there, and I just think, how in the world is that thing flying? Right. So the weight changes depending on what you're carrying yes. how much fuel you have what's so, the max um well then i'll tell you the max i've ever landed was one hundred sixty-four thousand pounds is it like standing on the brakes going uh yeah kind of uh it can be <laughs> yes <laughs> um the lightest i've ever landed is about ninety-five thousand pounds so and anywhere in between you can go so it just kind of depends on your fuel load and what you're carrying and how long the runway is that's absolutely true i bet um, so we talked about how long the airstrips are, and you said this mammoth plane does not have to have a really long, long one. No, it does not. Are there only a few? So there's, so it can land in a lot of bases. I would have, one of my questions was going to be how many bases can the C-130 land in, but it can land in a lot of places. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, for those that don't know the C, because I didn't know this until a few years ago, the C stands for cargo. 
Yes. And the B stands for bomber. I didn't know that. My dad was in a B-52. I never knew what B-52 meant. Uh, are there other designations for planes? Yeah, usually we have the F for fighter and oh. T for trainer. So we have a couple different designators. But. Since these planes are not bombers, right. have any of them ever been shot down? Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head in recent history. but uh, So none of the planes at your Air Force Base? No. That's nice. Yes. It makes yes, it, I it, like it when the planes stay in the air. <laughs> Do they ever crash? Uh, unfortunately, yes, we have had some accidents. In the Is it landing? Um, it can occur in all different phases of flight. So, yes. Uh, so, how many personnel take man, man the plane, and, and how long do they have to train? So, uh, it depends on what the mission is, and it depends on uh, how long they're going to be flying. But a typical crew in a C-130J, which is what the 19th Airlift Wing, airlift wing flies, is a four-person crew. Oh, that's two not very pilots. many. No, it's not. Um, two pilots up front, two load masters in the back. And training-wise, uh, it depends on what they're, what they're training for. But I would say a typical, um, typical person from the time that they enter until the time that they show up at their unit, um, fully ready to go, is probably about two years. Could, could be a little bit more than that. Oh, no wonder you feel confident flying with these people. That's they're a amazing. long time we to have train. I was so glad you didn't say three months because I was like, oh, oh, that is good. And um, I like what you call the guys in back load masters. Yes. I need a load master at my house for the dishwasher. (laughs) That's what dad is, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, I got to tell people who are listening to the podcast. uh, Can I just say you can I just tell everybody if you're on YouTube, you can see it. But Angela, you look like the girl next door. You do, doesn't she? But I also said earlier, you could probably kill me with your little finger. So uh, is this an asset or is it sometimes make it hard for people to take you seriously? Um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure how to answer that, but um, I'm a big believer that uh, no matter who you are, you show up, you put your best foot forward, you do the best you can every single day, um, and then hopefully you get judged based on, on your merits and the results of your effort. Um, and uh, your look shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't. I like that answer. Uh, I do think sometimes uh, you you are not taking it seriously. And then, you know, once you start talking, once you start acting, all that kind of disappears. If you can get the job done, everybody's fine to work with you. Before accepting your current position, you were the vice wing commander at the Scott Air Force Base. For those thinking of a military career, talk about what went into you being chosen as colonel of the Little Rock Air Force Base and how you made the decision to move to Jacksonville, Arkansas, a neighboring city of Little Rock. Yeah, so um, I, I would say that uh, the selection process is, uh, is absolutely very challenging and competitive, um, and I feel that it was an honor to be, to be uh, selected to be the, the installation commander at Little Rock. Um, when my boss called me and said, hey, we want you to go to Little Rock Air Force Base, um, the the only answer I could think of was, okay, sir, when? And, uh, and I'm ready to go now. Um, he said, well, why don't you go home and talk with your husband? I said, okay, but we're ready. Let's go. When, uh, you didn't have to interview for the job? Uh, we have a, a very long process that we go through. Um, our records are screened, and our, uh, our, our, our records meet a board. There is a screening process that goes through for selection. So um, there is an interview, but I would say that for the most part, um, my whole career has been an interview. Um, 
you know, you're, you're just yeah. constantly yeah. Uh, working and, and being looked at and evaluated. And, and uh, I'm, I was just fortunate enough to be, be selected. You know, I think that's a, I've never heard anybody say that, but your whole life is an interview. I heard somebody say that he hired a guy uh, for of a job he was looking for because he was looking out the window and the guy was walking down the street and he stopped and picked up a piece of trash and threw it in the trash can and he he was the mayor of North Little Rock and he said I got up and I went outside and I said do you need a job son because I'm going to find you on anybody that picks up trash on the street doesn't just walk by and look at it is some is this somebody I want working for me absolutely I mean who would think that was an interview for a job. <laughs> You never know. You never know. You just don't walk back past things that need to be done. That's right. Um, how many times have you been promoted and moved your family? Well, um, I when I commissioned, I was a second lieutenant, and that was back in 2001. And uh, and so pr- promoted five times after that to the rank of, of colonel. And how many times have I moved my family? Ugh, uh, I can't. I'd have to count them all up, but we've lived in... Quite a few houses over time. We started out, like I mentioned, at, in Colorado. My husband and I uh, moved from there to Laughlin Air Force Base for training. We finished our training at um, Naval Air Station Corpus Christi, Texas, and that's where both my husband and I received our pilot wings. Uh, our first operational assignment was out of Elmendorf Air Force Base in Alaska. Oh. Yeah, and it was awesome. I bet. Um, and then we moved here to Little Rock for the first time. This is our, actually our third assignment here at Little Rock Air Force Base. Because you started here first. We, well, because we were assigned here um, as, a, as our second operational assignment, we were assigned here. Where did you start, first start flying the C-130? We came here through training, and oh. that was about a three-and-a-half-month training period that oh. we came through on our way up to Alaska. So, yes, yes. So we've, we've been here quite a few times. So you knew Little Rock. We knew Little Rock. Yep. You were fine with it. Yep, and then we came here, and then after that, we went out to Washington, D.C., and uh, I was stationed at the Pentagon and also had an opportunity to go to school at Georgetown and uh, get a master's degree there. And we came back to Little Rock, and then from Little Rock, we went up to Scott Air Force Base, and then now we're back at Little Rock again. Do you have to have a master's degree to continue to get promoted in the Air Force? To the rank of colonel, yes. So do your daughters hate you? For moving them around all the time. No, actually, my daughters, my daughters are really enjoying the Air Force. They, uh, we are they going to be? Are they going to be in the Air Force? Maybe, maybe. Really? Um, my one of my daughters said that she, uh, she's interested. She wants to fly airplanes, and I said that's great. If if that's what you want to do, I support you. If not, then I support you as well. I, you know, there's yeah. no pressure from mom. No sure. pressure from mom. Uh, we're going to talk about your uh, leadership philosophy. Oh. I read that in your first address to the wing. You thanked the men and women of the 19th Air Wing for their tireless efforts, and you said to them, these last 16 months have tried not only this base, not only our nation, but the entire world as we have fought through a global pandemic pandemic, and went on to say, in spite of this, Herc Nation has been constantly on the go, supporting the warfighter needs and accelerating change, and you vowed to not be resting on its heels for the next fight. What is the next fight, and what changes are you working on? The next fight. Uh, so we are shifting our focus to pacing challenges. What we've been doing for the last 20 years has been fighting a war in a very permissive environment that allows us to have um, freedom of movement um, wherever we want to go, whenever we want to go there. Uh, we're not convinced that that's necessarily going to be the future of warfare. What so, do you mean? Like air, I mean, airspace is going to become owned more? 
not, other people? Not necessarily owe more, but there could be um, adversaries out there that uh, maybe want to keep us from going there um, and going into their airspace. Will so it, it be drones? Be I don't know. I think the future fight will be one that will push us and challenge us in ways that we haven't seen probably since our grand, at least my grandfather's in World War II. Yeah, I'm scared of robots too. <laughs> they don't have they don't have anything to lose. Uh, Space Force is a division now. is no longer in the Air Force. is no longer in the Air Force, and they've created its own Space Force. Are you we, have a sa- we do have a Space Force. It's together, the Space Force and the Air Force are under the Department of the Air Force. Oh, they are. I thought they separated them completely. We are a, a separate force now, and uh, and that's a great thing for the Space yes. Force. It is wonderful, and we're really proud of them. They just celebrated their second birthday. We just and, we uh, love selling their flags. Yes. They've got their own <laughs> flag. It's a nice-looking one, too. Yes. We were like, oh, another flag to sell. I like that. Now when they have to buy the whole military set. We get six instead of, we get to sell for six instead of five. But yeah, we sell a lot of Space Force flags. Wonderful. I know. Isn't that interesting? And it makes sense. It does. It really does. When you think about um, space being a new domain, and it is a future domain that we're going to have to, it will be contested. Space and cyberspace will be very, um, very much the way of the future fight. Do you follow Elon Musk? Mom's obsessed. I am obsessed with okay. Elon yeah. Musk and all the stuff he does. Um, that's why I was like, you do too. We all do. We're all watching him all the time. He's firing things into space all the time. It's kind of interesting. Right. Yeah, what about space junk? I'm really out of your area now, aren't I? You are out of my area. I'm sorry. All right. But We're coming okay. back around. We're coming back around. <laughs> this is your area. Talk about Little Rock Air Force Base's transition to a newer version of the C-130J aircraft. You said we need to make sure that we fully complete that transition and that our air crew and our maintainers are ready to execute. That's right. That's so your biggest thing right now? It is a big focus of us because we uh, are the first out of the chute to do a block upgrade. So what it is is we're just up- upgrading some avionics equipment, some communi- communications equipment, which will help us be able to um, manage our mission a little bit better as we're flying our aircraft. Um it's a pretty big change, pretty big lift, and we are developing the tactics and techniques and procedures as we're learning how to fly this new um, this new upgrade. And uh, and so it's been fun. It's been a challenge, but uh, but our airmen are getting after it and making it happen every day. Are they ready? Yes, they will be ready. When will that be? When when's the when have you given them the day that they well, need we, to be? Well, we have a long program of, of record that we're following through oh. right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, I'm hopeful that by the time that I leave, we'll be fully com- conver- converted. When are you leaving? Uh, well, that's to be determined, right? Oh, <laughs> I thought maybe they, they gave these promotions in uh, like contracts, like like a like a football coach or something. Your contract's only for three years or something. They don't do that. Well, typically different different positions are uh, limited in, in scope and nature, um, and I would say that um, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to uh, remain as a commander for the next uh, for the next year and a half to two years. How long was the last guy that went to Europe? He was there for two years. What was his name? Colonel John Shetty. Yeah. So he yeah. was only there two years? Yes. Well, you're almost at that mark, aren't you? Uh, six months. Oh, has it been that short? Only oh, you've done months. a lot. Well, thank you. Time is, an, time is an illusion in 2020 and 2021. Right. It, really <laughs> yeah. it really is. It really is. Well, I learned about six you about months, six years. months ago, but I thought you had been here for a while. All right, now we're really going to talk about your leadership. Talking uh, about your base, these are some quotes I found that you said, and I'm going to read them all. Uh, I am very much interested in building courageous leaders, 
We're going to continue to build mobility warriors. I love that. That is what we're called to do to make sure that we're bold and ready to take action. You also said diversity is a national war fighting imperative. It is mission critical that we have diverse teams because at the end of the day, diverse teams make better decisions and they're winning teams. Well said. You said the base is in a good is in good shape, but we do need to relook at our mission, vision, and priorities, and then figure out where we want to do in the next two years. You said the key to doing it all is being present, delegating, and asking for help, and started an active listening campaign. Did I hit them all? I I think so. Um, do you have three things that you really think are you know, that you like this is in this, that are your three points you really want to hit? As far as the base and where we're going? And your goals. Three goals. So, three goals. One, I, I mean, I, I kind of laid it out there. Yeah. One of them is uh, building courageous leaders. Uh, we have got to focus on developing our airmen, and, and that is step number one, is that airmen development. Um, and that includes our families. It's not just about the airmen that are serving. It's about taking care of our families as well. Because they serve, too. It mm-hmm. is a family business. Mm-hmm. And so we have to develop them to be courageous leaders. We have to develop our families to be strong and resilient. And if we do that, I have no doubt that we are going to we're, we're going to succeed. It's going to be great. Um, the other thing that we're doing is we're focusing on our mission. Um, obviously, we talked about the aircraft. But um, some of them, too, is just preparing ourselves to shift our, our mindset towards that future fight. Um, which is a, a pacing challenge, a near-peer competitor. So that's, that is a big focus that we are working on right now is getting ready for that next fight. And then lastly, we're working on culture. How do we make sure that Little Rock Air Force Base has a thriving culture where everybody feels included, everybody feels valued, and feels that they, they belong and can perform at their very best? Mm-hmm. I love what you said. Every day here, I feel like I'm living my calling, and there's nothing better than feeling like you're doing what you're supposed to do and what you've been called to do. And that leads me into your job description. And this is a summation because I've not really seen your job description, but I read this was kind of what it is. And as installation commander, you are responsible for organizing, training, and equipping the personnel who operate, maintain, and sustain more than 62 C-130 aircraft that are used around the world to enable support for combat, contingency plans, and humanitarian relief. You are also accountable for ensuring the readiness and well-being of more than 10,000 personnel and families at Little Rock Air Force Base. That's a big job. Yes. Out of all your duties, what's your favorite? I guess it's flying. Well. That's not really a duty for you anymore, though. I I do get to fly. I actually got to fly yesterday. It was amazing. Um, I love flying, but actually what, um, what I love even more is getting to help people. And I can't think of a single day that I have been in this position where I haven't been able to help somebody. So uh, every night when I go home, I try to think, you know, what, what could I have done better today? And who did I help today? And, uh, and sometimes uh, you don't always realize the people you help. Um, sometimes there's, there's no gratitude, um, and that's okay. But I, I try to remind myself that um, every day, as long as we're getting after that, trying to figure out ways that we can help other people, um, and I can help my airmen and help my families, and then they're the ones getting the You write done. thank you notes? Absolutely. I think all successful people write thank you notes. At the Clinton, uh, at the Clinton School over there, 
one of the things they teach in that in that help what is that what what's that school School of social work thank you school mm-hmm. of social work is it right five thank you notes every day even if it's to the guy who fixed your cable tv thank you for coming and fixing my cable tv that it creates this gratitude for your life you know just for, it's really almost more for you it reminds you of why of all that you have right uh you said this about flying it's a lot of fun getting to fly low levels in arkansas see the beautiful scenery is joyous and the best part when i get to go out on the line prepare for a mission go execute a mission and then come back and debrief with the team that's right it's a great place to take a break when we come back we'll conclude our conversation with colonel angela ochoa the highest commander at the little rock air force base still to come (laughs) how and why you should look at a military life after the break Well, it's a brand new year, and you should make a brand new consideration of some custom artwork on street pole banners, flags, pennants, banners, trade show displays. Kirk from Flag and Banner shows you a little bit of how the experts at Flag and Banner can direct your decision about custom work. The first thing you want to consider is, uh, is this flag for indoor use or outdoor use? Um... Secondly, you'll want to decide if you want the typical single reverse flag or the double-sided. Single reverse means you will see everything on both sides of the flag, but the back side will be reversed as a mirrored image. Where double-sided is the same. It's actually two flags made and then sewn back to back with a liner in between. So they will look and read correctly on both sides. Those are the kinds of things that professionals will think of to ask you. So your finished product is perfect. And if you mention an ad you got in your flag and banner email recently, you can get $125 off your custom artwork fee. Flagandbanner.com. Sign up for those newsletters if you don't already get them. They're valuable. And Happy New Year. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Colonel Angela Ochoa, the highest commander at the Little Rock Air Force Base and history maker as being the first woman to hold that position. Before the break, we talked about Little Rock Air Force Base. We talked about Ochoa's life uh, in the military. We talked about missions she's been on. Uh, we talked about the future of the Little Rock Air Force Base. And now... Real quick, before she has to go, because she's a very busy woman, we're going to ask about why you think people should join the military. Well, first of all, I think that if you want to be a part of a team that is a successful team and is doing some amazing work in support of our nation um, and our people, then we're the team you want to be on. We're a winning team. Uh, We have a commitment to each other. We have a commitment to our families. And at the end of the day, uh, we provide our nation's defense and i can't think of a better calling that uh that anybody could could have than joining our team and being a part of that success i when i think about why joining the military i think about the life skills they teach you absolutely i I mean most parents don't teach the life skills that they teach to uh that they teach in the military i mean get up get dressed make your bed i saw a general one time say Every day, get up and make your bed no matter what because you start off the day doing something. I couldn't agree even more. (laughs) And I tell my daughters the same thing now. They say, Mom, why do I have to make my bed? I said, because at the end of the day, when you come home, 
you know that you made your bed and you can look at it and it's going to make you feel good. It makes me feel good when I come home and I see my nice, neatly made bed. Yeah. And you start off with a successful... That's right. The minute you walk out of your room, you've done something that day positive. That's right. Uh, and the benefits, of course. Uh, the security. And I had never thought about the team spirit that goes with it. But everybody wants to belong. And that's good. And we all need discipline. Humans are flawed in the fact that we all need a little bit of discipline to keep us kind of going there. Because we are naturally flawed and when you're given the skills on how to stay disciplined and be disciplined i just think that that's that's something that everybody could use do you think in fact i've talked with other people on here about should all high school graduates be required to serve two years even if it's just in a humanitarian way with the homeless in the in the community or something so we talked earlier today about um the way i was raised i was raised surrounded on faith and service so i do believe that just being a good human being is about serving each other. So do I think people should serve other people? Absolutely. Um, how you choose to do that, whether it's um, volunteering in your local community or volunteering or, or running for office or, or, uh, or joining the military, um, that, that's a personal choice. But absolutely, I think that um, human beings, we, we're called to serve each other. We're to- called to connect to each other. And the best way that we can make our, our world better is by helping each other. So should they, be, should they be required to join a local service group that even if it's not, you know, going to see combat, but be kind of that, that gap year between high school and college, just you kind of have to go and do these specific things to learn about that, to learn the value of that? I, I kind of think we should. You think we should? Because I hire people all the time at Arkansas Flag and Banner, and I parent them. They came out of high school. And I'm parenting them. And I'm like, well, maybe we should offer that in a way that's more broad than just me. There's not a million me's out there that want to, to parent people. Um, what's next for you in the country? When are you going to retire? When am I going to retire? You know, my husband and I, we talk about this all the time. Uh, we're not done serving. I don't know what's next, but um, but we're not done. Uh, we we really feel called and led to to continue in military service Um, our family's in a great great spot my kids enjoy serving as well like I said it's a family business Um, I don't know what the future holds but I I'm not ready to stop serving yet is there a limit on how long you can serve in the military there is and it depends on uh, what rank you hold and what positions you're in and uh, there's waivers for everything (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um, but I still have I still have time and I still have gas left in the tank that's nice I have a gift for you it's got some Arkansas mementos in it. It's a flag set desk. It's our Arkansas president, a small book about our Arkansas president, and an ornament for your Christmas tree. Oh, well, thank you. You're very oh, much. really appreciate you. You're and well. I appreciate this honor just to be able to talk with you today. It's been wonderful. You're a great person. I really appreciate you coming in because I know how busy you are. I mean, you've got a full plate. I want to say in closing to our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio, and choose today's guests. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple 
to help you live the American dream. 